0: WP Talk, the Wealth Professional Podcast. Only 25% of working Canadians are very confident in their retirement income. Are your clients confident that they'll have enough? Retirement income insights, solutions and expertise
1: for the new retirement reality from McKenzie Investments.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of WP Talk. I'm your host, James Burton, Managing Editor of Wealth Professional Canada. For this episode, it's my pleasure to welcome Josue Dubon, Wealth Mentor at Design Wealth, Victoria, British Columbia. Now, full disclosure, I first spoke to Josue soon after he was named a Wealth Professional 2021 Rising Star in order to get a soundbite for a magazine piece I was doing. But a couple of things Josue said Stood out over the course of our brief ten-minute chat, so I wanted to know more, and thought a podcast episode would be the perfect platform. Hoseway is candid in speaking about how his upbringing informed his attitude to money, and what he really means when he tells clients that money is worthless. The pod opens with me asking Hoseway about the circumstances that led him to a career in financial advice.
1: No, that's a that's a fantastic question. So, it was definitely something that I was looking into probably more so before I got into university. Um, obviously, I didn't know too much then, but um, I, I started looking at the, the demographic, we'll say, and I thought, well, it looks like I have to be older to probably be in that in that space. And so I, I started to write it off a little bit. But as I started studying a little bit more and I, I got into university, I, I, I learned that, no, there there are actually others that are significantly younger uh than the average age of a financial planner that uh, that are entering the industry maybe maybe this is something that i i can explore so uh so that's kind of how it was a little bit of a roller coaster in that sense but what drew me to it at first was uh primarily primarily to what you had mentioned before was my upbringing um i do want to reiterate that not once did I ever feel like we were living paycheck to paycheck but That's, that is how my family lived for a while. Um, I'm so thankful that they never let me feel that, that stress. But, um, so it was, it was in part, uh, my family from both my parents, but uh, as well as my grandmother. Uh, it's a story I, I usually tell individuals is that my, my grandmother, just to keep it somewhat short, um, she, she needed financial advice, but I didn't, it's not that she ignored it or, didn't believe in it. She just didn't know that she needed it. And I look back, uh, she, she had to go through a financial struggle. um, And I, when my grandfather passed away, she had assumed that life insurance on what, based on what he had at work would pay off the mortgage that they had together. Um, That was far from the case. So it, it just wasn't, it wasn't what was, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is she needed financial advice. No one was there to help her. And I look back on that scenario and I say, is there something that I could have done to change that? Because I would like to think that my grandfather would probably not have wanted her to, to go through so much struggle and stress. Yeah, yeah uh, So there's, there was that part. And then my parents, um, I think it was at the age of 15 that I, I started looking through my... Remember back in the day when we had those those booklets when you would go to the bank and they would actually have to print off and stamp your your uh, your book where as to how much you withdrew or deposited? Well, they still kept those. And I was looking through them when I was much older now. But I realized back when I was younger as a child, um, there was moments where they had $2 in their bank account. And that's after the rent and all the nece- necessary expenses were paid for. And I i I never knew, and obviously I looked at my mother and she she didn't say much, but she she started tearing up because she i guess she she was reminded of the times um of the of those of those times of those years, thankfully, they're in a better position now, both my grandmother and my parents but um that 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 both of those scenarios really stuck with me, and definitely felt like i i needed i i would have i would
0: like to change the scenario for other people, so yeah. they wouldn't have to be in that yeah, absolutely. So there's some, some pretty stark lessons, I guess, from, from that that you obviously learned. Um, so then obviously you pursued the career. Maybe tell, a li- tell me a little bit about uh, Design Wealth and what you do now. And then we can um, go into how maybe some of those early life lessons fed into, into your approach and your philosophy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was fortunate to start at a, at a firm. So I'm originally from Winnipeg. So I, I started at a firm there at a boutique firm, and they were they were absolutely fantastic individuals. Uh, I can't speak in highly and they're so highly um, regarded as professionals in the city. Um, But there was one thing that that not necessarily I don't want to say bothered me, but I I understood was that they had a minimum investment requirement, not uncommon in the industry. Um, And For any individual to work with them, it was something around the half a million mark. And as much as I understood, hey, that's our source of revenue, that's how we make money, I completely got it. The reason, looking back, and the reason why I started was to help individuals that needed financial advice but didn't necessarily have the money. So, reality was my own grandmother or my parents wouldn't have been clients of mine. So. I I just started, I asked asked myself, am I really helping the individuals that I'm wanting to help? Uh, Not to say that those that have half a million, a million plus can't use it. They definitely can use the help, the financial advice. But I could argue that those that don't have that, that have less, probably might need that advice and that help a little bit more. So that's kind of where a lot of, so personally, a lot of where design wealth kind of um, started. Uh, so it wasn't just my idea, it was, uh, was myself and my business partner, Jared Webb, we both kind of put our heads together and thought, what well, what could we do um, for this day and age?
0: And when we spoke before, Josue, you, uh, it was a uh, something you said really stood out, and that was um, that, that money is worthless. Obviously, it's, <laughs> it needs a bit more context, but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean... Well, when you said that, uh, my ears pricked up, but I mean, w- what did you mean by that? And, and how does that, how does that inform how you work with clients?
1: No, absolutely. You, for what it's worth, a lot of individuals that come sit with me and I say that, they're like, what? This is a guy I'm supposed to trust with my money. He's telling me it's worthless. It, it's 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 one of those things where we, we kind of put things into perspective in a in sense of, look, money itself if I, if I were to give you a hundred dollars right now but i told you you couldn't spend it you couldn't give it to somebody else you couldn't uh even invest it and have it grow for you you can do anything with it you just have to have a hundred dollars sitting in your wallet for the rest of your life what good is that it doesn't really do much for anyone so but what that really says is what we're really trying to say is look money is worthless it's what money can provide to us that we really care about so that could be extra time that could be that vacation with family. That could be the memories. Again, the, the list is endless. Uh, but a part of that is we we take people through a process here to really find out what it is that individuals care about. At the end of the day, uh, it's great. We can talk about how much money you have. We can talk about all that. That's it's, the tools of the trade is what I call them. But what I really want to know is what makes you tick. Uh, we take people through scenarios where it purposely pulls out what individuals care about. Um, I guess to give a, a summary of the scenario, well, the first scenario would be you wake up tomorrow and find the value of all your accounts, all your businesses, the empire you own is more than enough to take care of you for your needs and your family. Now in the future, you are done. You don't have to make any more money. Question is, what will you do? Would you change anything? And then we take the second scenario would be you go visit your doctor now. They say you have an illness, a terminal illness, and you're going to have five to ten years to live. Good news is you won't ever feel sick, but the bad news is you won't have a notice of the final day of death. So you don't have the limited funds, just the time and money, energy, and talent that you possess right now. Question is, what will you do with the time you have remaining? And then the last scenario is this time you, this time you go see your doctor, and this time without you have no time for a second opinion. The doctor shocks you with the news that you only have one day left to live. So time is up. But this is not about what you're going to do on your final day of death, as I'm sure we can think of a lot of beautiful things. Instead, notice what feelings arise as you confront your very real mortality, reflecting on your life, all your accomplishments, as well as all the things that will remain undone. Ask yourself, what did I miss? Who did I not get to be? What did I not get to do? So we take people through these scenarios and very rarely, do I get someone that says, oh, I, I wish, I regret not having invested money. And no, it's more, hey, I, I wish I had more time with my family, or I wish I had made amends with my my siblings that I, I fell apart with. Or uh, Those are the kind of conversations we have. Um, money is a side note. Um, yeah, it's one of those, uh, like our slogan here is people first, money second. And it's something that we we start with. We don't talk about money to begin with. It's 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 a means to support us. So that's kind of where the money is worthless. Yeah, quote comes from.
0: So there's a real emphasis there on, on real life, you know, rather than bottom you know bottom line. Uh, what, how have you found design wealth sort of position in in the marketplace? Um, you know, the, the, in the advice business, have you found that that's a big differentiator, or how do you find you stack up against some uh, some other businesses? that are competing for, for client's money and time? So as much as I w- myself and my business partner would like to think that we're the,
1: the first to come up with this concept of bringing more humans into the human aspect into finance, um, we actually took a lot of ideas from other financial planning practices, best practices across the world, specifically the UK, Australia, and a lot from the United States as well. So this, what we do is fairly popular there what we find is that what we have found is that Canada is a little bit further behind in that sense. So in comparison to Canada, we look like we're a little bit we're like we're further ahead. But in comparison to the other areas of the world, we're actually just on par if not yeah, we're just on par pretty much with what they're doing. So it's different. It's definitely a little different when individuals come sit with us. They're like, "Oh, I've this is not what i was expecting but i'm glad that well, i got what i got so or I got that you you have you provide that service that you have so it, it's it's obviously a very good response for the most part and as a result a lot of people have been able to join us on the journey and they're 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 loving it mm-hmm. as as what we know so far
0: so tell me a bit a bit about uh, the company you know maybe how And how successful it's been so far, you know, I mean, you know, what's the AUM? How many clients do you have? Give me a, give me a flavor of, of the size, I guess, first of all, and how you've grown, but then also how how do you, how do you, how do you make money? I mean, what's, what's your fee structure, which is always a big question um, in in the industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's, that's a lot of people ask, well, if you work with individuals that don't have money, even in debt, and and they come to you for help and you spend on average we spend about what we find is 20 to 50 hours per client over the year how do you make money and so what we have done and we have we're very fortunate that design wealth is built on the shoulders of fernhill financial which is our dealership so we are our own dealership allow which gives us a lot of flexibility in that sense um so design wealth is based on 1.25 percent of your household income. So if a couple is making, let's say, uh, $100,000 combined. So $50,000 each, which is not a crazy amount. It's pretty average. $100,000 combined. Their fee would probably be around the hundred and, well, $102. $102 plus tax. So it would be around there per month. It's an annual, annual fee billed monthly. And that's all factored in because a part of the process is cash flow management. So that's all factored into that as well. So that's how we charge people because at the end of the day, what we provide is more financial planning and financial advice. Yeah, And it's separating the financial advice from the financial tools. Most people come to, most advisors will probably say something similar in the sense of, oh, um, people come to me because they want to see investments. Oh, I want to start investing money or I want to buy insurance or something along the lines of that. It would almost be similar to going to see your doctor and say, um, I want to buy, uh, give me this prescription. I'm looking for this certain prescription because they approach us based on how we're licensed, not how we're educated. The di- there's a difference between the two. So whereas I, I go to a doctor to say, hey, I'm feeling something hurts. Could you Could you give me some advice as to how to, how to treat it better if that's prescription if that's a prescription, so be it. But if it's not, what can I do? Same idea here you you come to us for financial advice. We don't resort to investments or insurance as um, as a first tool. Some individuals don't have any investments or insurance simply because it doesn't make sense for them. We've taken them through the process um, but that that took time that took time to understand that so that's how the fee is the fee is based on 1.25% of household income. And that's for the financial advice um, given. And it's one of those we've been fortunate enough to for the individuals that have come in, we have about an 80% closing rate. So it's definitely been very receptive among individuals that have heard and enjoy and see a lot of value in it. Um, So we're we're very fortunate that it's been received very well. So one of the things that we've realized as well is, as I mentioned before, about 20 to 50 hours per client. Well, that's a lot of time per client in comparison to the traditional model of you get your one hour meeting every year. So 20 to 50 hours is, is quite a bit of time. So what we find is that each wealth mentor can only take on about 125 households and you, you're capped out we we don't want to we don't want to sacrifice the relationship just to bring in more individuals so that's where we have to come in instant and then find another wealth mentor to to fulfill those other in, individuals that will come in that's a longer term future goal but um for now we're we're growing and it's we're fortunate enough to have the clients that we have now and once both my partner and i reach 125 households each we're before that actually we're gonna have to find another individual to join our team
0: i wonder what your your grandmother and your grandfather would uh would think now to see you helping people you know basically live their lives to the fullest the way you do oh like my my, well my grandmother's still living in winnipeg but um oh wonderful
1: yeah but my grandfather she's uh uh, when i called her uh when i got my when i initially got my cfp I, I i told her that this it's dedicated to her and my grandfather and she just didn't say anything but you can hear that she was crying on the other side so i, I think they're very proud of me and i and i yeah just yeah not absolutely. not too many more words to say
0: yeah absolutely no just funny then uh way you know Given everything we've talked about, um, you've touched on it there about sort of where you want Design Wealth to go moving forward. Um, How do you, I mean, do you you want to expand? How big do you think you can get? And I guess you touched on it there with um, employing more wealth mentors, but what does the future hold for you and your company?
1: Absolutely. So honestly, I would say that this pandemic, even though it did cause a lot of unexpected transitions and unexpected um, shifts it there was a silver lining a lot of silver linings one of them being that people are a lot more comfortable talking with someone else on camera and which has allowed me to actually have more clients in my hometown of Winnipeg so for me it would be awesome to have an office back in Winnipeg and I can honestly i I don't really need one I just want an excuse to be going back and forth to see family and friends but uh, at the same time I have clients in Winnipeg and I'm so grateful for them it gives me a chance to t- to speak with them but I in that sense I don't think that the traditional model of being able to of having your practice in the city that you're in is something that is limited uh, that that is limiting us because I I believe that we could uh, we want to focus at least on Western Canada um, I know my business partner has family out in Alberta uh, I have a lot of being from Manit- Manitoba, I have family and friends out there, so we would love to be across Western Canada at least. Um, but that's kind of our ideal goal, our ideal vision, and having maybe multiple offices across across that. Um, obviously, for me, it would be it'd be nice and be pretty go- good to have something nice uh, in in Winnipeg. Uh, but with that being said, I, I've still got clients in Winnipeg, and even if I do have an office, I probably most will want to continue doing it over camera.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of WP Talk. That was an enjoyable chat with Hoseway. He definitely has a unique story to tell. For more WP Talk episodes, go to worldsprofessional.ca, click on the resources tab and select WP Talk. The site also includes all the latest news and views from the industry. And if you haven't already, feel free to sign up to our daily newsletter. I'm James Burton. Until next time. Thank you for
1: listening to this episode of WP Talk. For more on retirement income insights, solutions, and expertise for the new retirement reality, visit mackenzieinvestments.com. That's mackenzieinvestments.com for more. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.